Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. It's episode 100 of the Leadership Launchpad Project, and thank you so much for joining us on this amazing ride that's been just about two years in the making. We have an incredible panel of guests joining Susan and I to kick off 2023. And our panel includes amazing leadership experts and folks that have all been on the podcast before. So if you're interested in listening to them again, go back into the podcast archives and find their episodes. We have David Irvine, leadership coach and author of The Other Everest. We have Matt Zeman, psychedelic advisor, entrepreneur, and the author of Psychedelics for Everyone. Dr. Richard Schwartz, a psychologist, the founder of IFS Institute and in- inventor of internal family systems therapy. Author also of many books, including No Bad Parts. Wes Eugene, the CIO at IDEO, and Zach Mercurio, the leadership advisor and researcher and the author of The Invisible Leader. We talk about the state of leadership, what leaders need to know to succeed in 2023 and beyond, and how we can have the most impact as leaders. Now, before going forward, please hit subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Anchor. So check us out at whichever platform you like the best. And lastly, we have a special giveaway for episode 100. Once you've finished listening to the podcast, jump on over to the Elite High Performance Instagram or Elite High Performance LinkedIn page, or you can even jump on over to Susan's LinkedIn page or my LinkedIn page and comment on a post that we made about episode 100. Comment with what you think leaders need to know for 2023 and beyond and tag a friend who should listen to the show. Once you've done that, you and your friend will be entered in a contest to win a free one-on-one coaching session with me and you'll get, well, basically you'll get two coaching sessions, one for yourself and one for your friend. So those will be a 60-minute one-on-one leadership coaching session with me So definitely do that. Jump on over to one of our Instagram or LinkedIn pages, comment on a post with what you think leaders need to know for 2023 and tag a friend. Everyone, I really appreciate you listening and following and sharing and supporting us over the last two years and the last 100 episodes. And stay tuned because we have an incredible guests and more incredible leaders to have on coming up in 2023 and beyond. So please stay tuned. Please hit subscribe. Please share the show. And here's the panel podcast for episode 100. We are live. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvarski. Episode 100. We have a room full of absolute rock stars. Susan, how are you? Oh my gosh. What do you mean? How am I? We're sitting at show 100, buddy. Can you freaking believe it? I just had to rewind the game tape this morning as I was getting Brooklyn ready for school and I had to listen to episode one. Oh no. (laughs) 
Oh, no. Oh, yes. Look at this. I mean, we were just sitting on there with this vision that we had created. We felt so compelled when this pandemic hit, right? We just couldn't bear the suffering that we were seeing in these trenches. And we had to go on this mission to change the way this game of life and business is being played forever. And I mean, what a testimony. Look at the legends sitting around us in this room right now. Boy, has that mission grown. Absolutely. And we have some incredible leadership rock stars in the room today. In no particular order, well, actually on the order of my screen, <laughs> we have Dr. Richard Schwartz with us, who's the founder of the IFS Institute and the inventor of internal family systems therapy. We have David Irvine, leadership coach and author of The Other Everest. We have Matt Zeman, who's a psychedelic advisor, entrepreneur, and the author of Psychedelics for Everyone. We have Zach Mercurio, the leadership advisor, author of The Invisible Leader. And finally, we got our friend, the CIO at IDEO, Wes Eugene. Gentlemen. How are we all doing today? Feels good. Congratulations to be at uh, episode 100. That's exciting. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, and Matt. so Matt, we'll start off with you since you were the brave one to speak up. <laughs> we got we got a prompt that we want to kick us all off with and it's mm -hmm. what is the state of leadership and what do leaders need to know for 2023 and beyond? Mm -hmm. Just a small question. <laughs> Only big questions on this show. You know, you've been here before, so you know how we do. I have. So I, I, I'm not quite sure which direction to answer this from. I think if we're going to talk about the state of leadership, we're, I'm going to talk about uh, individual leadership, self-leadership. And it seems like it is a pretty um, incredible time to be alive. There's, uh, there's more abundance than ever. There's more safety than ever. There's... Um, more opportunity than ever. And we are seeing all sorts of people doing really in incredible things. Um, and I think we all have, as, as leaders in our own world, we have an opportunity to help people come into their power, find their voice and continue forward on that mission. So I'm, I'm feeling optimistic about the world and uh, optimistic about the state of leadership. I love it. And Dick, you're the master of allowing folks to connect to self-leadership. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, well, just to present a bit of a contrast to Matt, uh, you know, I, I work in this internal family systems way with a lot of leaders. And uh, what I find is what it takes to become a leader of a big corporation or something like that. <clears throat> the parts of you that, get recruited to get you there don't make for the best leadership and so a lot of my work is helping people find those parts that were so driven and so focused on performance and I know you guys are focused on high performance but mm -hmm. um, and help them heal the parts that drove them to be so competitive and and single focused and almost addicted to work. And then that helps to release what I call the self with a capital S with all these great C word qualities that 
uh, make for better leadership is my experience. So Wes, you've you've made it to the top of corporate. Let let's talk about that. What led you there? Oh. Um <laughs> what led me here is a great question. So when I think about what led me here, uh quite honestly, I I, I feel sometimes I describe myself as an accidental CIO, right? Like I I wasn't in pursuit of this role. Um, I was in pursuit of making a difference and having an impact. And I was in that pursuit, fully aware of the sacrifices of my parents. They immigrated from Haiti in the 70s, fully aware of like the challenges and sacrifices of so many that have gone before me. And so for me, mentally, it sets a very high bar of what I, the contribution I, I aspire to make in the world and with humanity. Um, so those are some of the drivers. And um, I think more interesting than what drove me here is um, like my approach to this journey and one thing I can say with full certainty and confidence that I've never compromised my integrity, my values. Uh, I have intentionally always put people first and um, have never led in a way where I've asked my teams to do anything I myself wouldn't do or gotten right down next to them and done myself. And I think that um, those values I still treasure and still carry and try to model every day. David Irvine, you just stepped up to this mic. I feel like you got something to say on this topic. What do you think about the state of leadership? Our specialist in authenticity, I can hardly wait. Well, it's a privilege to be here with this prestigious panel. And I want to build on on what everyone has said so far, I think I, I share the optimism and I also share the caution about where we're headed. I think we need to understand that there's a difference between learning about leadership and true leadership development. I think that we live in a time where no question, we are more exposed to more ideas about leadership and life I get inundated, we all do, get mm -hmm. inundated with all these ideas. And it's what I call the difference between vertical growth and horizontal growth. So when we look at horizontal growth, that's getting a capturing all the access to these ideas. We listen, case in point, we got this amazing podcast that we get to listen to. We can download audiobooks on the way to work. We can listen to TED Talks. We've got access to all of the wisdom around this planet. And then we jump to the next thing and the next TED Talk <laughs> and the next YouTube and the next podcast and the next headlines. And that's well, there's a residue of growth in all of that. That's what I call horizontal growth. We skip along the surface. But let's not mistaken that for vertical growth. 
where we go deeply inside of ourselves. And this is what, Richard, I think you were starting to allude to. We need to understand ourselves. If we want things like inclusivity and diversity in our workplace, psychological safety, trust, employee engagement, all the stuff that we talk about, those are not techniques that are going to get us there. Sure, I mean, you go to a leadership training program. I am, I'm old school. I used to go for leadership development one month a year to understand myself. And I can mistaken all the noise today with real development. It takes investment in understanding. If I'm going to build an inclusive workplace, I better understand myself. Let's not diminish leadership to be a set of techniques and tools and titles. Leadership is about the character and integrity of the leader. This is what you're in referring to, Wes. The integrity of the leader. How do you get there? A lot of leadership training today asks what do leaders do. Uh, what my passion has been for the last 20 years is how do leaders become? How do you get to be where you are today? What is the nature of your capacity to influence? What is your life story? And I believe very strongly, I'm not judging. I mean, case in point, I'm in part of a podcast right now. I'm not judging that this is bad. We, it's a residue of growth, but let's just make sure that we understand that this is not, this is one level of development and it's not vertical development when we go inside of ourselves. And I believe to meet the challenges of the world today, we need to slow down, create space, get a guide and move into understanding ourselves more deeply. That's what I'm sensing the leader, the, the leadership world and probably all of our world needs today. Mm -hmm. Amen. How about you, Zach? Can hardly wait to hear your perspective on this. Why do I have to go last? <laughs> I have to synthesize now. No. Uh, so no pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think going off what David said, there's a big difference between stimulation and transformation. You know, uh -huh. we live in a stimulation economy. It's really uh -huh. easy to be stimulated by an idea. Uh -huh. It takes a lot of work, a lot of patience, a lot of slow, deep work to create transformation. I mean, we have to adopt new beliefs. We have to interrogate those new beliefs. We have to adopt new behaviors. We have to adopt values and understand our values. And then we have to turn those new behaviors into habits. Uh, so the bridge over from a stimulating TED Talk or a stimulating podcast to transformation, um, you know, I call the the middle there the pit of good ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh the boy, to cross. And I think, you know, as David was mentioning, I think that it's it's really time to um, not glorify the the ideas as much as glorify the process, the hard process it takes to implement these things. The other thing I would say, going back to what Wesley was talking about. And I thought this was really important is that we've tended to develop people and leaders, you know, people are leaders. So develop people in general in the Western world in this model of you have, you should find the form of what you do, what you do, how you do it, what your function is, what your role is before you understand your function, why you are, who you are, what kind of impact you want to make. And what Wesley said, which was really interesting, because I don't know if you caught this, but he said, here is the impact that I wanted to make. Here is what I want wanted people to think, feel, be, do, or have as a result of my presence. The role found me. 
I mean, I found myself in the role. I deliver that impact through my role. And uh, if you were ever to design a building, an architecture, by understanding uh, its form and building it before you understood its function, it would be a disaster. And I believe that that's what's led to the leadership attention, right? Um, is that we have to understand what our function is, what we want our impact to be, who we want to be, spend more time helping people understand how to be human beings instead of what to do as a human being um, first. And I really feel like that link to tie everybody's, you know, res brilliant responses together is going to be incredibly important. And, and what are we realizing that human beings need? You know, people have said the last few years have been apocalyptic. You look at the Greek root of apocalypse, apo, which means uh, un, and then uh, uh, call up team, which means cover, uncover, reveal. I think we've revealed a lot about who we are and what we need and how we need people to be to one another. So I'll just stop there. I have a lot more to say about this, but all of your comments sparked a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so Zach, I mean, we'll start with you and we'll work backwards this one. So what do leaders need to do differently in 2023 and beyond? I think it goes back to like Wesley's question of, and Matt's question of, how do I step into my power? Who do I want to be? When someone leaves an interaction with me, what what do I want them thinking, feeling, being, or doing as a result of me and my uniqueness? How do my unique strengths, my unique resources, my unique gifts, my unique beliefs make a unique impact on the world around me, right? And starting there, I think, is really important. The other thing that I would say is what we've seen, and the data is incredibly clear on this. The U.S. Surgeon General, America's top medical doctor, for the first time in history, and you have to let this sink in, just weighed in on key priorities for mental health of this country. And do you want to know what he focused on was work, what happens in work. And one of the core pieces of that framework was mattering and dignity in work, making sure that everybody believes and knows how they matter can experience the evidence of their significance. Because if we want to step into our power, if we want to understand who we are as leaders, if we want people to bring their best of themselves to make the impact they want to make, like Wesley is doing, people have to be in environments and ecosystems that show them the evidence of their significance. And so I believe that creating environments that help people become, as David said, is going to be so important for leaders moving forward. I love it. Dave, what do you think? So the question is, what what do leaders need to start doing now? Mm -hmm. We talked about how much leaders are maybe learning about this stuff on their feeds, but maybe not necessarily getting vertical with it, right? And taking the action necessary to develop. So yeah, what do leaders need to do moving into 2023 to capitalize on some of this forecast? Well, I think it starts with pausing and creating space in your day, in your life, to find out what to discover and, and listen to a voice within yourself to, to understand what truly matters. And you're going to hear many voices. But for us to really be still and say what truly matters to you and create 
for yourself a definition of a good life, of a well-lived life. And then we can begin to help support those under our care to, to use the workplace as an opportunity to create a well-lived life for each of the people that we serve. And so that we can begin to create a meaningful life for us. Right now, most of us are so inundated with the tyranny of the urgent that we don't even, we're, it, it, our lives are haphazard. We jump from one shiny object to the next. And it's haphazard instead of really designing intentionally what matters. And then we wonder why all of a sudden people leave us in droves in our organizations because we haven't had meaningful conversations. What do we need to keep you here? Where does this work fit into the larger context of your life? And once again, you would begin to listen to Richard's approach to this, that there's all kinds of different parts of us that answer that question, but we need to be still and be guided both from our own experience, but also from a guide outside of ourselves that can see us in better ways to guide us to that inner voice of what truly matters. And then begin to build a world on what truly matters, begin to build a workplace on what truly matters to us, as opposed to just what's the tyranny of the next haphazard request that comes across our desk to keep us busy and distracted as opposed to deepening the deeper questions. So Dick, Dave mentioned the multiple voices and the multiple parts. How do we distinguish the parts from self? Yeah, well, so what I call parts typically are, are, are those voices that David was talking about that, that run our lives most of the time. And some of them are trying to manage everything and, and stay on top of it, and others are very reactive and and can be very impulsive and can uh, also sometimes be highly judgmental and so on. And and then there's a whole set of parts that got hurt when we were young and we try our best to stay away from them and and rely on these more protective parts of us. And all of them, it turns out, are young. Most Most of us are being run by parts that if you, if you ask them how old they think you are, they still think you're six years old and they think they have to protect you in the way they did back then. And they themselves uh, are at best teenaged, actually. And so they're in over their heads. They feel very stressed much of the time. And they don't know that there is this other leader inside that actually can run their inner world and their outer world in a much more harmonious way. And so a lot of the work is getting the, these parts to relax, uh, similar to what David's saying, and open space inside for this other state of self that'll emerge spontaneously when they do that. And the other point I'll make before I stop is that how you relate to these parts will be mirrored in how you relate to people around you when they resemble those parts. So if you have a a real problem with the parts of you that are vulnerable, then when any of your employees are vulnerable, you're going to have an attitude about them. Or if you have a problem with your own anger and you have, you're afraid of it, then you're going to be afraid of conflict when it comes up 
in in uh, some kind of workplace setting. Okay? Earlier, we were talking about the imposter syndrome. So if you, beneath the surface, feel like an imposter, then you're going to be dominated by the part of you who's always trying to prove that wrong. And, and that'll be off-putting to a lot of people around you. So basically, the, the goal becomes uh, being very... Uh, Relating in a very similar way, both internally and externally. I love it. I mean, obviously, I love it. But <laughs> Wes, twenty twenty three and beyond. What do leaders need to know? Uh, twenty twenty three and beyond. You know, I've been reflecting on this, and I, the. The way I think about it, in particular, what leaders need to understand, I think, as well as what um, what they the environments they need to create is they need to understand that when Mitt Romney back in at the Iowa State Fair said corporations are people, my friend, and everybody laughed at him and he really got ridiculously um, um, um mutilated in the press for that statement, no matter what your political stripes are, I actually think he was right. Um, and we're in this place where if a company isn't a person, they of the persons, the human beings that are within their care and leaders need to aspire to lead authentically and create environments in which um, people can actually connect with their humanity at work. Um, we talk about bringing your whole selves to work. Um, we can't play lip service to that anymore. I think we're at a place um, where we need to lean in on these experiences and we need to understand and, and seek to empower and enable folks to really bring their entire selves, their whole, the whole of their experiences into the workplace. So I, I think going forward, that's really, really important. I, I also believe, frankly, for those folks who fiercely look at the bottom line and, um, you know, money is a thing that is still important. Um, understand that this is now a business imperative because the folks in my network that I speak to, Gen Z, they're not in it for the money. They're in it for the impact and the purpose. Right. And so you won't even be able to retain talent anymore if who you are isn't as important or more than what you do. So I really think that going forward, companies need to embrace the human experience and they need to understand that the values that they express are the most important things that are going to lead to their success going forward. And how about you, Matt? Following up on what Wes just riffed on, what are your thoughts in terms of 2023 and what our leaders listening need to know moving well, this forward? This is getting fun now. Yeah, this is um, now we're connecting the dots. So <clears throat> I'm going to play off of everybody here. So Zach yeah. talked about uh, who do I want to be? And I'm going to just reframe it a little bit more, tie into, I think, what David and, and Dick were saying, which is, who am I? And the uh, the technology world that, that I play with 
it allows people to really explore who are you and whose life are you leading? Um, are you leading your life or are you that six-year-old uh, young emotional child that is trying to please your parents in everything you do? And taking the time to just stop and be aware and look at that and figure out who are you. Only then do I believe you can then take that into, into the workplace, which I, I'll play with if, if, if life is about learning, healing, and growing, then work is just an excuse to do that and gather some resources around the way. So if you can learn, heal, and grow for yourself, you can do it in a place where you can gather some resources, you can help other people on their journeys, and potentially with whatever your impact is, as Wesley was talking about into the world, take that another step further, that's beautiful. And that's powerful. And this next generation, they can't play the same game we're playing. They're not going to be able to afford our houses. They're not going to be able to live in the same neighborhoods. They have to play a different game. And I think for us as leaders, we have a chance to play a different game as well by starting with who are we and then moving forward. That's my favorite question. Who are you? <laughs> and it's... Uh... It's a deep question, and I think I think the one thing I just want to mention to folks is out there is the excavation work can be a lot more intensive than you think. It's and I think that that's the one call I have for folks out there is it's not always just you know go to therapy ten times and you're there, and so it takes a lot of deliberate practice and. Even small moments in, you know, your everyday, and Dick can obviously talk more about this, but it's like these small moments where you're checking in and just making sure everything's good and, and listening to what you need. And these small moments allow you to unleash the self and, mm -hmm. and really bring that person to work, which is the authentic you. And it takes a while to get there, though. <laughs> So I think a lot of our lives are told that we don't, we we're thinking incorrectly. It's not time for play. It's time for school. Yep. Sit here and learn this way, not that way. Uh, um, and that we doubt our ability to, to have an inner intelligence. Um, and then this, uh, because we're constantly pleasing, we have unrealistic goals of, of who we're trying to please. We're not trying to please ourselves. We then create suffering for ourselves. And uh, I think with, again, with this technology, you can, you can realize that suffering is optional. This breath, this next breath is going to be the same. How I, how I perceive it is up to me. And, uh, and figuring those out as, as, as a leader allows you then to extend further into other leaders. But the, the path is not always a uh, um, 10, 10 of X session and you're going to be there. It's, it's, it can be a, a windy path. <laughs> I love it. Dick, what is the path? How does the path look for you? Or can you can you elaborate a little bit about it? Well, I, I like where this is headed. And, uh, you know, what Matt was just saying about uh, pausing and, and having awareness of what's happening inside of you. And so what I find is that there's a, a physical state that's correlated with self. And so I can, like before I came on this podcast, I, st I sat down and I listened inside and I noticed, is my heart fully open? 
Uh, am I in my head with that thinking part? Do I have a big agenda here? Do I want to look good somehow? Uh, and so I'm just kind of doing an inventory of what parts are here. And then as I notice there are parts here, because, uh, you know, this is not my my realm, really. This is, if it was a bunch of therapists, I'd feel a lot safer. <laughs> so I'm getting all those parts to what I call step back, to relax and trust me to handle this. And as I do that, I can immediately notice, okay, my heart's back open. I, my agenda is gone. I'm in my body. I, uh, you know, I can feel some of what we call the eight C's coming back, like uh, clarity and uh, courage and, and calm and so on. And I try to do that before I do anything. If I see a client or, and when I can embody that state and, and, a, and there's a real fig, physical signature to it, then things go well. And so, uh, you know, that's what I can offer. It's a very practical tool to offer to leaders to just check throughout the day. It becomes a life practice. Am I in this state or am I not? And if I'm not, not only do you get these parts to open space, but then you follow up and you work with them so that they trust you more to lead. Absolutely. And just for folks out there, the audio book for No Bad Parts has a bunch of meditations led by Dick. So if you don't have it, check it out. Amazon. Susan, go ahead. <laughs> I, I had to ask, this is where I wanted to go with you, Rob. What are your thoughts in terms of the current state of leadership here? I just, at the top of the show, was talking about how I listened to us on day one. And boy, oh boy, how far we've come. But uh, what do we think? Because I know when we first started this mission, uh, this is what we were hoping the silver lining was going to be of all this crazy disruption in the world, right? Since the pandemic hit, we said, this is a moment, right? It's a moment of opportunity. We see all the suffering, right? That's been dislodged from the foundations of our leadership practices. And we saw more leaders coming to this table than ever, right? Showing up to that call in service to themselves and their people. So what do we think now in terms of where we stand? What are your thoughts? I think we had Wes on literally a year ago, and he I titled the podcast A Critical Moment in Time. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing that now. And it's we have the 1.0 leaders that are still struggling to hang on, and we're seeing those things in like Twitter and and those spaces where this command control style is not exactly working like it used to. Mm. And then on the other side, we're seeing folks emerge that are bringing this next style of leadership, the human-centric, the leaning into people. And not only are they thriving as businesses, they're retaining talent. Uh, I have all the numbers for that if folks want to get in there, right? And it's like, and then also what we're seeing is what we heard from Jeff McEwen few weeks ago mm -hmm. was now we're starting to see regulations on how do we 
treat people at work and that not only the physical safety, which was huge mm. in mining and all the places I came from, but also the psychological safety and the mental well-being of folks. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it's incredible, right, is, and we shared this data point, right, is there was a study out that I found a few weeks ago that says 120,000 people die per year in the United States alone because of the way companies manage their people. Uh-huh. And 5 to 8% of the U.S. annual healthcare cost is due to that. And that uh-huh. makes it the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. And that's just unacceptable. And so we got to make a difference. Yep, that's why we're doing this show, right? Curating some of the top experts that we've been so fortunate to have joining us on this mission and making this case. So I think that's where I want to land our folks, right? It's just like a quick spin around the room in terms of what your best and final call is to our tribe. So these are the listeners who have really benefited from this silver lining, have really answered the call and have gone on that journey, right, towards becoming more of who they are in the context of leadership. And I know we just said we don't lack information on the subject, right? We see more of it than we've ever probably seen in human history, yes or no. Right. Um, So this is the thing I want to ask our experts is like the final call in terms of how we can really inspire anybody out there that's listening to really get on their mission more fiercely than ever in 2023 and spreading that ripple effect. Because to me, that is the strongest play in the playbook. Right. The model carries the most weight, showing this world what is possible when we actually go on this great journey within. So what is your final call, Wes? It's really simple. We've been in this environment where we have seen a four-letter word, H-A-T-E, promulgate itself in every venue, in every channel. And I think the prompt that I'd like to put out for all your listeners is... Being human-centered, let's just cut to the quick of it. Let's reintroduce another four-letter word and bring this to work, L-O-V-E. Start with loving ourselves, loving our people, and loving our world. Amen, buddy. A freaking man. Richard? Uh, Yeah, I can... Uh, pick up on what Wesley just said, because uh, that love is one of the qualities of what I call self with a capital S, and self is contagious. So if if your leader is self-led, that's going to have ripples throughout your company. If your leader is led by these parts that we've been talking about, you know, some of which um, Rob just talked about, that's going to ripple too. And that's going to create much more of a toxic environment. So how can we help uh, leaders? And we're now developing training programs for executive coaches and so on to try and to, to bring some of this 
I, some of these ideas to that level, how can we help leaders not learn to love rather than hate, but find the love that's in them? It's not like they have to learn something. It's just beneath the surface of these protective parts, such that when they open space, you automatically feel that compassion and, and caring for people. And you have the clarity to see injustice in your company and to, to do something about it. And you have the the courage to do something about it and, and the calm and so on. So, um, yeah, that would be my message that self is contagious and parts are contagious. And self lights a match to your growth. Zach, what do you think? Rob, yeah, you fired me up with what you were talking about earlier. You, <laughs> but, uh, you can, we cannot, we cannot have a healthy organization or a healthy society or a healthy economy with unhealthy human beings. It's impossible. And what we, we've been trying to do that. Why? Because it's easier to dehumanize people and make a lot of money faster. It's easier. It's easier to dehumanize people and make a lot of money faster. But, you know, sustained success and performance and well-being and the infinite game, right, is uh, being able to put human well-being as the leading indicator of everything else. Um, and I think that what's important is that we actually don't get too bogged down in the self-development. Now, I know this is, I'm throwing this in there right now because... If you look at all the bestsellers, um, if you look at all the business books, if you look at all the apps we have on another phone, they're all about us, how we can be more mindful, how we can develop ourselves, right? But what we need is we need communities that are healthy because an, a well individual in an unwell community becomes an unwell individual over time. And I think we need to be more outward focused actually in the next generation. Meaning I think all of the foundational stuff of knowing ourselves and believing ourselves and uncovering our unique power is important. But I think we need to create environments where people feel like they and what they do and who they are and that uniqueness deeply matters. People feel more insignificant than ever. They feel more lonely than ever. They feel more forgotten than ever. Um, and going back to what Wesley was talking about, about that, that word of hate, about the word of feeling lost, of feeling uh, marginalized by the communities they're in, no amount of self-development is going to change that. I think we have to do it at the same time. We have to commit to creating environments that regularly show people the evidence of their significance and that they matter and how they matter as the core of well-being to create sustainable change in our communities. And I think it starts with where you are, the people around you right now. So I just want to throw that out there, that personal development, the self-investment is important. But if you're not participating in, environment, in an environment, in a community that facilitates that growth for others, then it's a finite game. So good. Matt, Dave, who wants to go next? The final call. Dave, take it. I'll go after you. Okay. So I love this. You know, one of the things that uh, inspires me in this panel, there's some brilliant people in this panel. And Richard, you talked about a practice before you came here around identifying what party you're going to bring forward here. And what I'm 
what I'm very curious about and am inspired by is how is it that these brilliant people could come together in this panel and not have their ego run the show here? Mm. That you that everybody here knows themselves enough, whether we're intentional about that, like you were, Richard, but we you've all worked. I, I would love to hear your story about how got how you got here. That's what interests me. Um, but that's just, I, I digress. Go back so, through the episodes. <laughs> Everyone has been here before and we went into yeah. their stories. <laughs> and I'm, and you we'll send you a playlist. I, I've listened to some of them and I'm going to listen to them all. But Richard Kipling had, a, had a, a great poem about the law of the wolf pack. And he said, the strength of the wolf is the pack and the strength of the pack is the wolf. So, and I love, Zach, what you just said about personal development and how it can become very insulated. But I, I and I also want to say, that it's the difference between self-care and self-centered. So self-care says I take care of myself so that I can take care of the pack. That's right. And self-centered says I take care of myself so I can take care of myself. So we've got to make sure that we, in this role, in this work of personal development, that we doesn't it doesn't become insulated and unto ourself. We still got a pack that we live in to take care of. That will take care of us. Beautiful. So, Mike, my, my concluding remarks would first. Well, first of all, I also come back to Shakespeare, who said, "To thine own self be true." Well, what the hell self are we talking about here? When when we're trying to be true to ourselves, and that's what we're all on this journey of trying to understand. Uh-huh. What, and and it's not a destination; it's a journey. It's a process. So, the three things that I would leave with would be: take some time for reflection to go inside, create some space, buy a journal, spend a, an hour or two a week, just journal, just journaling, going inside, listening to that inner voice. Number two, get some feedback from people. We can't get too insulated. Get, get some feedback about how am I, this is how I think I am, but I don't even know what I don't know. So help me understand that. Get some feedback. In, uh, and then finally, the third thing would be to find a guide, whether it's a therapist, a coach, uh, we, I mean, we in our organization run a peer mentoring group where people meet on a monthly basis and learn together and grow together from a peer perspective. Whatever way works for you, this is what I see a powerful uh, way that you're bringing this forward in this podcast, Rob and Susan, is to guide people to their own guides, to their own truth. And I think it's beautiful. And that's what I would just, I, I could not do this work without a guide to guide me to myself because I can't, you know, as we, as the Sufis say, the eye can't see itself. It's too close. We need an outside perspective. We need mirrors in our life. So thank you for this privilege of uh, spending this time with uh, some beautiful people on this call. Thank you, David, for, for joining us. And Matt, close us out. This, this has been lovely. I have to agree with David. I mean, these are beautiful people, beautiful thoughts and, and, feel very fortunate to be here the um the things that are resonating with me are making me just just i don't know i feel like i want to add it versus just repeat some of the things that are said so one one thing is just the uh being careful of looking for external um happiness that if it i do believe it it all starts with us so that we can take care of the pack but that um but that we have forgotten over the years, or I had forgotten that uh, I'm enough as is, I'm loved as is. Um, I don't need to do anything today or tomorrow to be loved. 
And, um, and that's, that's, that's a, uh, that's a, for me, that's a huge difference in the way I was leading my life when it was, okay, I need to get to a, a hundred employees, 500 employees, a, a building with my company name on it, all those things that just, I kept moving the goalpost. Um, and then all that goes away. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't need any of it. Which then brings me back, I guess, to the, the, the notion of scarcity versus abundance. And I think a lot of us lead, uh, or we've been programmed, we've lived in a society that there's not enough is what, what we've been told. You've got to accumulate more resources. You have to worry about the rainy day. What's going to happen when? Did you save enough for this? And it's all these fear tactics that drive us to, uh, to hoard. And uh, I guess I encourage, I, I, I don't guess, I do encourage leaders listening to how, how, what would an abundance, if, if we just believe you've always been able to generate resources, you've always been able to do this, why do you think anything's going to be different? So isn't, is life easier, more satisfying, more lovely, more happy if you just assume there's going to be enough? And if someone takes the role that you wanted or gets the contract you were pursuing or does that, that's all fine. It doesn't matter because um, there's plenty. There's plenty for everybody. Ooh. Amen, Matt. Incredible. Susan, obviously we've spent two years on this podcast, 100 episodes in, and we'd love you to give us a little summary on yeah, where, what do leaders need to know and what do you take away from all our journey together? Well, I was going to start by expressing my gratitude to you, sir because you're the very reason why we're sitting here in this room with these beautiful people spreading this <laughs> ripple effect further and wider than my wildest imagination could ever, ever picture. I mean, you really have inspired this in me, seeing everything that you went through, right? In the hands of such toxic conditions in your corporate environments. And so, yeah, I just say, think that this really is this journey, the gift that keeps on giving. I can hardly believe that any of this is called work. I just don't buy it. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just really grateful because it really is a team sport. I mean, I know we come from team sports as former pro athletes, but uh, I was doing this thing in the trenches, just trying my best to show up in service of people's healing, learning, and growth all by my damn self until Mr. Rog came along. And now we've got this beautiful team and our, our dream team locker room. We've proven this model of leadership 2.0 in-house, and I'm having more fun than I've ever had changing people's lives. I just feel so grateful to you, buddy, for going on this mission with me. No, thank you. And it's been a journey to find the self under all the parts that I was struggling with. And Dave mentions, you know, it's like, how did you find a room of self-led leaders? I feel it now. Mm -hmm. And when I talked with each one of you, I felt it. And I knew that we put all of us in a room, there's magic. And that's that was my journey, right? And it was, I tried everything. <laughs> I had 20 yeah, different right. medications, therapists, therapies, psychologists, psychiatrists, the whole bit. And finally, I found all the pieces that fit. And that was 
the switch. And literally two years ago, it started to click for me. And now it's led to this incredible opportunity and this incredible podcast with amazing folks like each one of you. And, and for me, I, it's exciting because it shows that regardless of how bad or how dark it seems, there is a potential for light. And that's where I want folks to be, is 2023 and beyond, it's finding self, bringing self to environments and creating those communities, like Zach mentioned, where we can all show up as self because that's what's going to change our environments and that will ripple out to where we started this podcast, which is to change the world. So, Dick, David, Matt, Zach, Wes, thank you so much for joining us. You're all incredible leaders, incredible rock stars, and um, we're going to all have you back on in 2023 and beyond. Oh, yeah. Susan, it's been an incredible journey with you, and obviously we're just getting started. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. We're just getting warmed up. That's the most exciting part. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. About to turn this ripple effect into one giant tidal wave. And this show is really going to help with that. So thank you, everybody, for being in this room. Thank you, everybody out there for listening and being a part of this journey with us. We need you on this mission. This is when the world needs Leadership 2.0 more than ever. So let's go. Get on the mission with us in 2023. And let's change the way this game of life and business is being played forever. Dick, I felt like we cut you off there. <laughs> no, but uh, I could say I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to expect. And I, I agree with the absence of ego and how basically we're all saying the same thing. So it felt really good. And uh, I love the the podcast I did with you guys. And uh, yeah, so this this has been wonderful. And big congrats on your success. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Dick. Yeah. yeah, ditto. You're, I mean, it's amazing. You are what you're, you know, you're bringing your light to the world. And I love, I just am really inspired by it. And thanks for having me. I'm privileged to be a part of it. We're privileged well, to have you. Yeah. yeah now thanks, thanks and congratulations. And imagine if just people were having podcast conversations like this in the coffee right? shop. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's this is where the, we're headed. Like this, these are the types of questions. This type of space. This, this is the type of community. Um, the ideas generating between people that mm -hmm. we need. I think we need to get out of our, out of our apps and uh, into these conversations and into the locker room. That's why we invented this space, right, buddy? We called it the locker room. Anybody who's ever been in a locker room knows. That's where the magic happens. Right? I was just going to say, Zach, when are we opening our coffee shop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Let's do it. I think a lot of us grow up thinking intimacy is only with uh, romantic partners. And mm -hmm. uh, and being able to be ah. intimate with with new friends is is a, right? an exchange that energy of love, mm -hmm. as Wesley would say, is a, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's the best medicine of them all. 
It is. This is really amazing. I'm deeply honored and I'm I'm so excited for this journey. Um, the word that keeps showing up for me as well is affirmation. There's just this powerful affirmation happening on this call of where we need to go and um, the way forward. And it's um, really encouraging. Yeah. I totally concur. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and sharing and spreading the word of Leadership 2.0 for at least another hundred or a few hundred more episodes. We'll be coming at you. Everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next week. You're going to have to wheel me out of here. (laughs) 